Thank you, Jesus. Where would I be, Lord, if it had not been? Everybody said, Praise the Lord. I want to read a scripture to you. I borrowed Brother Sal's Bible. I reckon it's loaded. I'm very glad to be in church. Very, very, very happy about all the things that our God is doing. Okay. Revelation chapter 2. And this is the, uh, the angel of the pastor unto the church of Ephesus. And in verse 5 he said, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. And he said, Or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Everybody said, Hallelujah. I want to work for just a few short minutes. I don't want to keep you long. A few short minutes on act like you did at first. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. In the book of Luke, we are given a, an account of a father that had two sons. It's very, we're very familiar with that, of course, 15th chapter of Luke, and uh, pretty much titled the prodigal son. And the deal was that the, you know, I could, I could actually present, I think, a, a, a pretty good case for the prodigal in doing what he did. He did it better than I've seen some others do it, more principled. He did go to the father, and he did sit down with him and tell him that he wanted to, to move on. And he didn't affect anybody else that we read about. Uh, now, I know it affected the business. I know it affected the parents. But what I mean was, I, I didn't read where he had a wife or had children or anything close like that. It was him. And uh, he went to his father, mano y mano, face to face, and uh, said, I'd like to go and, you know, okay, I'm going to divide to you a certain thing, and you go ahead and go. And so he did. And of course, we read in the Bible, you know how it is. I mean, if you've been in the church for any length of time, we don't have to look too far and too long to see some pretty sad cases of people who, you know, thought they were all that and were going to strike out just they had a better way to do things. And uh, so, you know, and maybe had some attitude and guff about them when they did it. and uh, But yet, you know, in the sense we would say that the church carried on. 
And that's the thing we've always said, too, that uh, we keep going so that there's something for people to come back to. And so the prodigal, having wasted what he got from the father, that uh, not only, I wouldn't just think monetarily, but that he, he wasted a lot of good training. He wasted seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, and years of his life that were like grains of sand going through the hourglass. You can't get that back. You know, the hourglass, you can turn it back over and we start over, but not your life. Not you yourself. You can't dump yourself over and, and regain all of that. Not at all. But when the prodigal had wasted everything, and it was clearly stated that he wasted it, and he wasted it on riotous living. Later on, some scripture actually went into it in subject matter and said he devoured it with harlots and such like living. So, everything's gone. And you know, sometimes people don't foresee the changes in the world in which we live. You read in Revelation where uh, some seals were opened. Some horses came out. One of them represented famine and pestilence. And uh, you, to get a loaf of bread would cost you a whole day's wages. Think about that. Remember when I was young in the Lord and I was asking a preacher, I was going to a conference and I, we got on that and, and I kept saying, it said, you know, for a penny. And I kept saying, what about that penny? And he'd, you know, try another way to, you know, convey to me something, and I'd still come back to, well, what about the penny? So finally he reached in his pocket, took out a penny, said, here, here's a penny. <laughs> well, the idea is that the Scripture is trying to show you how bad the conditions were going to be. Famine. And that it would cost you a whole day's wages just to get a loaf of bread trying to show you how bad things were going to be. And we still got to go there, church family. We still got to go there. And some people, you know, they like to, especially the Wall Street people, they want to uh, predict the market. You got all kinds of financial gurus. You got all kinds of people sit at computers. All kinds of people think they know all that. But then we have those crashes, don't we? We have those just recently without any warning whatsoever. China devalued its yen. That's what they call it. Not dollars, cents, not pounds, not marks, not rubles. But they call it yen. And they devalued it without any warning. Set the, the market. Wall Street. You know. But you, what I'm saying to you is that the prodigal, he, in all of his Headiness. You've read the Bible word, heady, high-minded. It's in the Bible. Part of those end-time characteristics. You know, I dealt with a recent a case not too long ago, and, and every one of those characteristics that's listed there in the Bible, every one of them were present with the spirit I was dealing with with the individual. Every one of them. And the prodigal, he didn't. Factor in, because he was too 
he was too glued in to the little keyhole he was looking through, his little narrow-mindedness of what all he had wanted to do and what he thought the way things should be and what he was seeking after and his viewpoint. He didn't factor in some things that can happen and do happen. And suddenly, things went down. And when they went down, the Bible said he began to be in want. And there was nobody to go to and all the people that knew so much. All the computer people, all the people, you know, that just, the gurus could foretell and this and that and the other. You know, you do this, you do that, this will work out, that will work out. (laughs) Yeah, they know so much. And sure enough, they, they weren't to be found. They were having to take care of their own shake-up situation. You ever read in the Bible about, you know, I said I was going to just take a little while and look out, I'm going to get going here. But that, uh, that guy with the funny name, God knows there's plenty of them in there. <laughs> I don't know what happened to George and Jack and Bill and Sue, but, you know, somehow, you know, Sennacherib, things like that come around. <laughs> And uh, he, uh, he's got his armies and he's bellering away, strutting in front of the, the people of God up on the wall. People that are trying to stay on the wall, stay in their place, stay in their position, have faith, do what they're supposed to do, listen to the prophet, listen to the leadership, listen to the king, and this guy is just bellering away. And he's purposely speaking to them in a language that they could understand. There was no decency. You know, they said to him, uh, speak to us in your language. Uh, we speak your language, and you don't need to speak in the language of the people. But he, there was no decency. You don't appeal to the devil for, for principles. You don't look for him to be a nice guy. You're not, you're not going to find any love in him. You're not going to find any decency in him. Oh, no. No, no, he, see, that spirit is there to destroy everybody. Pull down everything. That's what he comes for. And so, you know, the people of God and the leadership got so distraught at seeing the effect, the negative effect it was having on men and women and children, and it was breaking his heart, so he, he got a letter one day, and he took the letter to the prophet, and he said, look at, look at what he's saying. Look what all is going on here. And they said, well, we're going to take it, we're going to lay it before the Lord. We're going to talk to him about it. And you know, the Lord spoke, and he said, don't worry about it. In other words, I got this. Oh, I like when God does that. I've seen God do that. I like when he does that. I told you this morning, you get that devil knocking on the door, just speak to Jesus and tell him, that's for you. You answer that. That's for you. You take care of that one. (laughs) Yeah, Lord. And that's what God told Isaiah the prophet and Hezekiah the king. He said, he said, I got this. He said, you're going to see, he said, as far as this guy, 
He said, there's something going to take place going to occupy his mind. He's going to have something else to give attention to. He's not going to be able to keep doing what he's doing to you because he's going to have something come up in his life that he's going to have to take time to give attention to that. And that's exactly what took place. And God said, the church, he said, the church is laughing. You ever read about where God said the book of Proverbs? He said, because you wouldn't listen to me. He said, I'm going to laugh at your calamity. Man, I'm telling you, I have told God I've made many, a, a billion mistakes, and that's probably too small a number. And I thank you for forgiving me. And I thank you for saving me. I thank you for allowing me to come in the body of Christ. I don't want God to laugh at me. I want God to have mercy on me. And, and I want his continued mercy. So, bottom line is that God took care of the whole thing. That dude went on his way and he, he got taken out of the picture. They didn't have to worry about him anymore. <laughs> and, the, you know, the church rolled on. Happily. Rejoicingly. The prodigal, I'd like to give you just one little thing about him that might be a little fresh. And that is when he looked around and had nothing. His so-called friends and connections and gurus were all gone. And he starts feeding, forced, compelled by hunger, starvation. Conditions were really, really, really bad. And he began to ingest what the pigs are. You know, the devil will bring you down low. You'll see that. Is it not written, the sow that was washed goes back to its wallowing in the mire? Yeah. You never heard about the, the, the world's smallest violin? You know, people that always, woe is me. Woe is me. Every little thing. They waller in it. You would think that, you know, they're the only one that ever had a problem. <laughs> and the, and the, the prodigal son was, he was wallering in it. And he was just down in that mud. And it was bad. But you know, he woke up. He finally got pride under his feet. Finally said, how stupid was I? I should have foreseen. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Should have foreseen that it was going to end up just like this. But you know what? It doesn't have to be the end of the story. Or the account, I should say. Ding, 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 ding. The light bulb went on. And it wasn't Motel 6. He said, I know what I'm on. Finally got a good idea. I've heard people get some really bad ideas. I mean, listening to them and I'm sitting there going, really, really bad idea. <laughs> Let me help you. <laughs> you know. And uh, but he got a good idea. He said, I'm gonna go back home. 
I'm going back to my father. Now let me get you a ding, 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 ding. That's gone. I'm going back to my father. And I'm going, I'm not going back. You know, I'm not doing that no more. You know? No, he, he said, I'm going back. Do you ever get up this altar and crawl around? If you've never done that, you're missing a great experience. I'm very serious about that. I know it's funny, but I'm serious. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I can tell you, stretching right out there, it's not very comfortable. It's not very comfortable at all, but who's there for comfort? It's like I said to my pastor one time, how many days is the most you ever fasted? He said, who was counting? And I'm, when he, you know, when he would say things like that, I'd go, oh. <laughs> I'd shrink about six inches right about there. And uh, he said, he was trying to get God's attention. <laughs> he wasn't out to, you know, I told you about the guy that he was singing. <laughs> and he didn't eat breakfast that morning because he was fasting. And that was nice. Okay. Okay. But while he was singing, he was wallering in it. Oh, yeah. I didn't know you could make so many faces. So pitiful. And, uh, but uh, prodigal got an idea. It was the right idea. He said, I'm going back to my father. I'm going back home. And he said, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm coming back humble. I'm coming back and say, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be called a son any longer. Well, you know why I got news for you. Somebody asked me if you can lose the Holy Ghost. No, you know what? You're not going to lose the Holy Ghost. You're not going to get out of it that easy. You're not going to lose the Holy Ghost. Oh, no, no, no. You're, and I keep saying I'm going to quit. You're not going to get out of it that easy. Now, when you start preaching, you're going to understand how hard it is to stop sometimes. And uh, yeah, he said, he said, uh, I, I'm, I'm no more worthy to be called a son. You see, you get this experience, you'll always be a son, or for the lady's sake, a daughter. Okay, I don't know what we're going to do with the transgenders, but anyway, God help them. It's a mighty mixed up people. But that's what the devil does, doesn't he? He mixes people up. But uh, people lose their identity of what they should be identifying with. The prodigal started identifying with the wrong thing in it. It put him in the hog pen. Put him in the hog pen. And the whole time he was arguing with the father in his mind and in his spirit. And the father just carrying on with business. Just one foot in front of another. Just going forward. Got to have something. If he ever comes back, I want to have something for him. Have something for him. And so the, the prodigal said, I'm, I'm going home. Well, you know, the Bible teaches he, he didn't even get all the way home. And the father, looking down the road, you know, the father had foresight. That's the thing. He had foresight. He's looking down the road. Something in the back of his mind and in the back of the mind of the church that one day, by the grace of God, one day, maybe, he'll come back. He kept looking. And there he was, a song. Bob said, while he was a great world, the father ran out to meet him. And 
And boy, you know the son was just feeling beat down, bad, worthless. I tell you why some people do all the things they do and look so crazy. Because they have no sense of self-worth. They feel like they're worthless. You know? But of course, they got a they got a phone. Everywhere to go. They got a phone. Everywhere you see them. You know? Everywhere. Somehow that gives them a sense of self-worth. You know? It's just things that that's not a phone, by the way. That's my key fob, my phone car. Okay, just thought I'd let you know. I don't, I don't own the world's smallest phone. Didn't want you to be confused about that. But, uh, you know, the Bible teaches that the Father, He spoke the Word. You'd be surprised the position that God can put you in, that you can, you can help people. You can help people. And the Father, and the devil hates that. Oh, he hates that. He hates it when when everything is just right, done just right, just humming along like Brother Jaime when you get that engine just right. Mm, baby, that's a nice sound. You know, they just sat down there in Cuba and they didn't have anything and all the cars are, you know, pre-1960, maybe pre-1950. <laughs> but they hum, baby. They got them all fixed nice. I saw a guy down here at a gas station. It's not a gas station where you get coffee there, right? Now, but some people that like coffee. And, and I'm not against it. I just don't like it. But anyway, he had, a, he had a little tube. And he put that tube to the clackers. What do you call them things? <laughs> I forgot what you call them. Were they? Yeah, the rocker arms. There you go. I was thinking of the rocking chair. Anyway, the rocker arms. And uh, you put it on that, and he put that thing to his ear, and he could tune that thing. He could set the screws or whatever. You know, they had ways of doing things. Boy, I was just humming along. And I tell you, the devil hates it when things are humming along in a person's life. Holy Ghost things. Everything's just fine. Everything just, he comes to mess that up. That's what he did to the prodigal. But now the prodigal got the, the light bulb went on. He's heading home. The father comes out to meet him. Father says, come on, let's have a party. Let's rejoice. Let's, let's just have a big old time. You know, break out the cupcakes. Woo! Fish fry. Whatever. Have a big old time. Strike up the band. And they were having at it. And here comes, been a long day. They're working in the field. What's that I hear? What is it? That sounds like Artie having a big time. What's going on over there? They said, well, your brothers come home. My brothers come home. What's that mean? He said, that means you, your father said, uh, we'll have a party. We're going to rejoice because he was dead. The son, he was still a son. But God said he was dead. And he was lost. See, the Bible said it's going to be worse. It said it'd be better 
had you not known than to know, to experience, to become a son, daughter of God, and to go back to the wallowing in the mire. Go back. Wretch. Big pile of vomit. And then eat that. That's what orangutans do, you know. Don't ask me why. I don't know why. But that's what it's like. The dog goes back to its vomit. Said it'd be better. Yeah, it'd be better. Never known. Not going to get off that easy. Going to be judged as a son, a disobedient son, a rebellious son. Oh, brother. But you know, thank God it didn't end like that now, did it? The rest of the story. You got this pouting elder brother who's upset. Daddy never gave me a party. And said, now this rebellious son come back. And he he's devoured all his living with harlots and riotous living. And he gets to have a party. My goodness. Got one shouting and one pouting. But I want to talk about the one shouting. That's what I want to tell you. That's my little insight there. He was shouting. He was happy. He was excited. The Bible said, better remember from whence you've fallen. And get that back. Act like you did at first. How did you act when you first got the Holy Ghost? How, think about it now. Huh? Yeah? Yeah? Oh, you know, I was Oh, no, you wasn't. <laughs> oh, no, you wasn't. Oh, friend. And for the prodigal, that was a renewing of the Holy Ghost. That's what that was. That was a renewing. That was a restoration. Okay? That was a restoration. But let me close. Thank God I'll give myself seven minutes, and it'll be 8 o'clock, and I'll close. But by the grace and the help of God. And uh, But the Bible teaches that the apostles came to pray. That's a good thing to do. As they came to prayer, at the hour of prayer, the Bible teaches that they had somebody. I wish I had somebody that was not so inhibited. You know, somebody that could get with it. I know Artie's going, don't look at me, Senior Pastor. <laughs> but you know. They laid him at the gate of the temple. He laid. He never walked. He didn't work. Big number 12 clodhoppers, clodhoppers didn't work. Ankle bones, knees, didn't work. Sinew in the muscle, didn't work. So they had to carry him on a stretcher, and they'd lay him there, and he would beg. Well, at least he was trying to do something. Beg. Here comes Peter and John. He's begging. Trying to get their attention. Come on. I had somebody begging me the other day and told my wife about it. And she said, uh-huh. And I said, no. 
I said, it, it ain't that, baby. It ain't that I'm all that good looking. It's just that, you know, I had a suit on and that was it. You know, they think you're all that. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> I told somebody about uh, they have sugar daddies. Well, you could be a sugar mama. She said, well, this mama ain't got no sugar. <laughs> I said, good. I'm glad to hear that. You don't want to have any sugar, girl. <laughs> you don't need that entanglement. You don't need that problem. <laughs> Amen. Let's not go from the frying pan into the fire, what you say. So anyway, this guy's begging. Peter says, silver and gold have I none. I don't have any yen. I don't have any marks. I don't have any rubles. I don't have any pounds. I don't have any dollars and cents. I don't even have any stocks. I don't have any. Silver and gold have I none. He said, but such as I have. Now, it's nice to know what you really value. You just don't know how many people I tell Acts 2.38 and tell them it's the most important verse in the whole Bible. You know? That's what you need. And Peter was saying, such as I have, give I am. The Bible said, I mean, I know it was like lightning. I've been healed. And I know it was. There's times when it takes place in a recovery process. But there's times when it is straightway, anon, immediately. And, and like the woman, right, she felt the virtue. And Jesus felt the virtue go out of him. And she's on the receiving end. <laughs> We're like quarterback and a, and a, and a tight end, right? <laughs> Jesus threw it and whoop, he, she took it right in. And he's, he's looking around. You know, he didn't have to look far. He saw her. <laughs> and she's shrinking away. I, I, I got the football. You ain't getting it. <laughs> I got my healing. <laughs> totally misinterpreted everything, didn't, didn't she? But she got what she needed. Amen. And that's what happened to that guy. He come off of that stretcher. The Bible said, I just don't have anybody. I wish Al says he'd get out here and do his thing, man, right about now. I like when he does that thing. I like the uniqueness. Of the way God does things. Yeah, I love it. Holy Ghost. Yeah, Lord. And that dude came off that stretcher. The Bible said he was leaping. He was leaping. Oh, yeah. I've seen Brother Kennedy shout. He looks like a fish coming out of the water. He has a way of just leaping and everything just quivering, going up in the air. I love it. I love it. Yeah. This guy came up out of that stretcher, man, I want you to know there was no doubt but what, I lose money? Oh, of course I lost. I always lose that. That's my little cover for my microphone. Anyway, he was, he was attracting the crowd. And he went right into that dead, dull, boring church service in the temple. Yeah. Where all they were doing was exchanging money you know, and doing all, all they cared about was their carnal, natural things. The one, you know, when Jesus tipped over the, the table of the money changers and he made the whip. Yeah. And he went in there, but he cut a rug. You know? He was, he was just leaping, praising, hollering, and worshiping God. Right? I said, remember. Remember when you acted like that? 
act like you did a feeling. That's a feeling of the Holy Ghost. The prodigal got a refilling of the Holy Ghost. Well, there wasn't much difference between them. You know, it's like 50 over 100 in one half. They the same thing. <laughs> they reduced right down to the same thing called low sperm. Yeah. Yeah. And don't you know, the Bible said, remember. And in other words, act like, one, one, one version said, act like you did it first. You determine. I'm going to get back to my father. I'm going to get back to where I was. I'm going to recapture. Didn't we talk this morning about the woman with the light and the, the broom? Seems to felt you would have liked it because I was talking about cleaning. Huh. Give my wife's attention. Talk about cleaning. And boy, she's trained these girls, and I want to commend these young ladies. They have all summer long. They have cleaned this church. They've always done it for as long as I can remember when it was little. Trained up. Yes, sir. All this summer, they've been very faithful, very loyal, and they are to be commended, which means I'm going to have to take them back to cheesecake again. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I commend our young men. And you know what? You can say, well, they come here to get salvation. They come here to, to get, if they're in the school, to get education. That's part of education. You're going to get married one day in the church. And when you do, it's going to, you're going to need to know how to cook a little bit and how to clean the house a little bit. How to do the laundry a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to need to learn how to help the wife, you know. Mow the lawn. Edge the lawn. Wash the car. Shine the tires. Tom's been having a second job for a long time. That's how come he went on two vacations this summer. I got to watch out. He might try to get a third job on me, and he'll be gone all summer. I can't have that. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. Everybody said praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. Amen. You can stand now. I'm, I'm late. I'm two minutes after eight. And I was late at 735 actually. But <laughs> here we are. I want you to know. Let's act like we did. If you've got the Holy Ghost, then act like you did when you first got the Holy Ghost. Let this be fresh. Let this be alive. The Bible did say he anointed me with fresh oil. He talked in another place when my glory was fresh in me. Freshen up. Yeah, freshen up. Oh, yeah. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. Let's act like we did it the first. When we had a clean heart and a right spirit, a right attitude. Let, let's act like that. Let's act like when we had that big smile on our face and that spring in our step and we were leaping and dancing through the church house. We were 
lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Nothing was a problem. Nothing was a wrangling. Nothing was a fuss. Nothing was an argument because you were so full of the Holy Ghost. You're just so happy. Happy is the people that's in that kind of case. Yeah, well, what that mean? They got a case of the Holy Ghost. That's what that means. They got a case of the Holy Ghost. They're not drunk like you think. They're drunk on the Holy Ghost. They're drunk on the Spirit of God. They're drunk on the power. They're having a good time. They're having a lot of fun. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Woo! All righty then. I want to invite you back tomorrow night for prayer.